2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. God reigns over the nations, God sits on His holy throne. God, the Most High God, doth rule in the kingdom of man. He raises up kings and rulers, cast down, appointing all countries and times. The power He gives to whomever He God reigns over the nations, God sits on His holy throne. God, the most high God, doth rule in the kingdom of men. The proud He collapses, the holy He saves, submission of what He demands. Nations who willingly humble themselves will be the dominions that stand. God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. God, the Most High God, doth rule in the kingdom of men. A stone from a mountain cut up with a Against it, hell's gate shall never prevail. His son will be left to no other. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. I, God, the most high God, doth rule in the kingdom of man. That throne sits on high in the depths of Today, we are going to look together at Jeremiah chapter 18, where we find this wonderful illustration, this wonderful example as to how God is in control and how he can just shape our lives and do great things through us. And that um, illustration that is used in Jeremiah chapter 18 is about the potter and the clay. So let's take a look at it together. Let's start in Jeremiah chapter 18. Look at verses 4 through 1 with me. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the potter, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. 
Now let's let's pause here because there's a lot more in this uh, in this passage. But here at the very beginning, I believe it is so powerful that we understand a few things about this text that we are seeing. The first thing comes to us in verse 1, and that is this communication. We see that this is the word that came to Jeremiah, but where did it come from? It came from the Lord. Now, the Lord has spoken in very many different ways throughout history, and now um, the way in which he speaks to us is uh, this wonderful thing that, that he has given us called the Bible. And I love it so much. And uh, I know that I'm, I'm speaking to most of you all who you probably have more than one Bible at your house. And if not, uh, just the fact that you're watching this video um, kind of shows me that you can likely find your way around the internet and be able to find some of these different websites that have Bibles where you can read them. And you can receive this word from the Lord. You know, you can even listen to the Bible with somebody else reading it. You know, if maybe you don't uh, like reading it yourself or are not able to read it your, uh, yourself at, at a certain time, you can still listen to it and you can hear the word of the Lord. So our God has chosen to communicate to us. And I just, I think that is so wonderful. And I think that sometimes if we aren't careful, we can just forget how powerful that fact alone truly is. The communication that God has chosen to speak to his people. So this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Now let's move on, not just about the communication, but let's see this communication. It is um, even more than just about God speaking. It's also about us listening, specifically right here, Jeremiah listening and following the words of God. So this next thing that we're going to look at is uh, not so much about just the communication, but now look at location. I think this is also something we can easily forget. You know, the first one, we're just so used to maybe picking up the Bible and reading it that we just kind of don't always stop and think about how powerful of a thing it is that God has communicated to us. But now this next thing is location for us. How often do we really even give it any thought about the location that we find ourselves in? See, like this word here that came to Jeremiah specifically tells him in verse 2, go down to the potter's house. Have you ever thought that maybe in order for you to actually hear the word of God, maybe it will require you to get up and go to another location? And you see that it wasn't until Jeremiah went up and went to the potter's house that the word continued on from God. And he says in verse 3, you know, so I went down. To the potter's house well that's what he was supposed to do and that's exactly what he did so whenever he obeyed god whenever he he heard that god said move to this location uh you know go here jeremiah was willing to do that and i think that is such a wonderful lesson for us to to see as well that sometimes god might might need us to go into a different location might need us to go into a different situation uh, in our lives are we going to choose to listen to him and go where God says go and see the things that God wants us to see. Because when Jeremiah got there, whenever he went down to the potter's house, which he did, he saw him working at the wheel. Now, here we see on the screen that there's this picture of uh, kind of somebody working with pottery. Uh, it's my understanding that the way that, that pottery is still kind of done today is very similar to how it's been done for hundreds of years, I, I guess maybe even thousands of years. I don't really know who the first person was who started uh, making a wheel. Uh, now, of course, you know, today we have maybe uh, a wheel that you might press a button and then it, you know, spins around and you can, you can shape it. And here in this picture, 
I don't know exactly how it's it's working. It it might be uh, with electricity, or it might be you know some type of mechanism that you can uh, do things with your feet. Um, it's my understanding that you basically uh, kind of had a, a wheel at top, and then it was connected with a pole to a wheel down below, and you would kind of move with your feet that wheel down below, and it would move the one on top, so you could keep spinning it um, around, and then you would shape it with your hands in order to get it to the desired. Um, whatever consistency or whatever shape that you needed it to go into. If you look at that picture, you know, you could kind of see, and if you've ever seen a video, um, that would be a, a really neat thing to see is a video of a potter working at the wheel because, you know, you can see them just kind of shaping it as they, as they move their hands, the, uh, everything takes shape and everything changes uh, as they do that. And, now, I haven't really done too much with pottery myself, but, you know, as a kid, I used to play with, like, little um, modeling clay or, or uh, like, little um, crafting dough, some, you know, something like this that you would uh, you could be able to make things with. And, you know, you've probably been in that situation. You kind of ball it up and start with that. At least that's how I almost always started mine. And then, you know, you might try to kind of push it, and you, you might need it really thin in order to, to get it really big and doing something like you want. And if you're like me, you know, especially whenever I was a kid, maybe I'd press a little too hard and then it would just start tearing. Well, what do you do whenever it tears? Well, you just have to ball it up and just kind of restart the process. Well, that's similar to what God says um, needs to happen right here. And actually what happened in front of Jeremiah's face, because when Jeremiah went down to the potter's wheel, he saw that that, that happened, that kind of the clay for whatever reason it, it was marred it was it got messed up now i mean that can happen a few different reasons you know whenever people are working with the clay maybe they uh, maybe they made a mistake uh, maybe there was uh, a little bit too much water or too little water with the clay and then it just kind of breaks and then what do you do well you don't just throw it away see you know whenever i was a kid and playing with different uh modeling clays and, and different things like that if it breaks you don't just throw it away you know you you just kind of ball it up or you start to reshape it. You redo your work. And that's a very powerful thing that God is saying right here too, is because just like how clay isn't just thrown away whenever it breaks like that. No, no, no. It, it's, it has to go through a process and it has to be kind of pushed together and it can be formed into something maybe a little different. And this is a wonderful comparison for how God deals with his people. Uh, specifically, right here, what we're going to see is that this is how he is saying that he deals with the nation of Israel. So perhaps the next time that you're, you know, sitting around and, and making things uh, out of clay or, or some type of um, uh, some type of dough or whatever, you can be reminded of this passage and how God can shape our lives as well. Let's keep looking at Jeremiah 18. Let's look at verses five through ten, and now we're going to see uh, that God has chosen to communicate. Um, so he's he's given communication. The location was important. Now we see about a nation and where nations come into all of this. And I would say that this specifically here, of course, he is talking about the nation of Israel. But I believe it goes even beyond that. And I'll, I'll uh, show you that as we look at these things together. Jeremiah chapter 18, 5 through 10. Then the word of the Lord came to me. He said, can I not do with you Israel as this potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of a potter. So are you in my hand, Israel. If at any time I announce that a nation or a kingdom is to be uprooted, torn down, or destroyed, and if that nation, I warned, repents of its evil, then I will relent and not inflict on it the disaster I had planned. And if at another time I announce that a nation or kingdom is to be built up and planted, and if 
uh, and if it does evil in my sight and does not obey me, then I will reconsider the good I intended to do for it. Notice all the powerful things in how God shapes the nations. And I believe that this definitely happened for the nation of Israel. In the next uh, little uh, slide, we're going to see the next couple of verses here in this passage. He is talking specifically to the people of Judah, the nation of Israel. But right here, he's actually saying, look, if some nation, and he just kind of says, if if so, that nation, you know, some type of nation, he doesn't necessarily say um, specifically which nation. He does say he's talking about Israel in verse 6, but then he kind of says it a little bit more more broadly about, well, if a nation, then if, if this is what I say is going to happen, but if they do something different, did you know that kind of our actions can sort of change what God uh, was going to do? Now, of course, we have this thing that, yes, God knows the things that we're going to do, but, you know, he still works with us. He still works within our history and through our history. He tells us the way that we need to go. But he also gives us the freedom to be able to go with him or go a different way. Whenever we go a different way, sometimes, yes, it makes everything take a little bit longer, just like a potter um, trying to, to shape the clay. If the clay messes up several times, it's going to take longer to make a pot or some other type of vessel. Well, God has been shaping humanity for thousands of years. He started in the Garden of Eden, if you remember, and mankind chose to go away from him at that time. And it's taken a little bit longer and kind of uh, we as, as humans have been reshaped time and time again. But God here, he speaks about what he's going to do, but then also that he's going to work with these people. And we see that, that our decisions are factored in. If God says that bad things are going to happen, but if we repent, then you know what? Maybe those bad things won't happen to us. And then in verses 9 and 10, we see that, well, if, if God is is looking uh, at a nation and he says, well, I'm going to build up this nation. But then if that nation turns away from him and does evil, verse 10 says that, well, he's, he's not going to do those good things that he was going to do in the first place. This is how God deals with the nations. And I don't believe that there's any reason as to why we would assume that God has changed the way that he deals with nations even during our day. Though, specifically, yes, he is speaking of Israel. He does talk about it in verse 6, and also in the next couple of verses. Let's look at those together. Verses 11 and 12, he says, Now therefore say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says. Look, I am preparing a disaster for you and devising a plan against you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. But they will reply, it's no use. We will continue with our own plans. We will all follow the stubbornness of our evil hearts. Yeah, during Jeremiah's day, that is what the nation ultimately did. That's what the people of Judah ultimately did, is they didn't turn away from their evil hearts, at least not as a nation. There were some individuals who were faithful to God. Jeremiah is one of those, of course. But the nation as a whole, God said that he's prepared this disaster, and he's telling them to repent. He says, turn from your evil ways, in verse 11. He says, reform your ways, reform your actions, do better. But they chose to not do any better at all. Yes, this was about Judah. But we saw from the other side, you know, he's, he's talking about uh, a nation. And now we see that this, this um, same type of thought is carried over into the page of the New Testament too. And I want us to look now at the book of Romans just for a little bit. 
And I want us to notice that the Apostle Paul, he brings up very similar language and uh, specifically how he uses it. it we see that um, it actually goes back to before the time of Jeremiah and after the time of Jeremiah. And I believe that it also is true during our day. And there's so many things in this lesson that we can learn uh, in this passage here from Jeremiah 18 about how God works among the nations during our day. In Romans chapter 9, we're going to look at verses 17 through 21. So now notice that in verse 17, he's talking about Pharaoh. This is the Pharaoh during the days of Moses. So Moses was long before the time of Jeremiah. I mean, he was hundreds of years, nearly a thousand years uh, before the time of Jeremiah. Um, and we see that the, the way that Paul is talking about here is he's, he's talking about the same types of things that God was speaking of in Jeremiah's day. So then we see that God worked a similar way among nations uh, during the days of Moses. He worked in a similar way during the days of Jeremiah. And then what Paul continues on is he is going to make the point that God still works the same type of way even during his day. So that was 2,000 years ago, and I believe we have no reason to assume God does not still work this way among the nations. There's a powerful lesson, a wonderful lesson for us to learn. Romans 9, 17 through 21. For scripture says to Pharaoh, I raised you up for this very purpose, that I might display my power in you and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Therefore, God has mercy on whom he wants to have mercy, and he hardens whom he wants to harden. One of you will say to me, then why does God still blame us? For who is able to resist his will? But who are you, a human being, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to the one who formed it, why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Paul's point here is that God is this potter. He always has been this potter. And he has the right to do with us whatever he so chooses. You know, he can, he can use us for some type of special purpose. He can use us for some type of common use. We see that, that our job is not so much as to, well, are we like this or are we like this over here? No, it's that we are called to be formed by God, shaped by God. And this goes among the nations. That's what God says during Jeremiah's day. We also see that he's kind of saying that um, here with Pharaoh, that yes, he's speaking about the nation, but he's speaking about this, this individual Pharaoh as well. And we see here that, that this lesson is both about the nations, but also God does this on an individual basis, that he shapes us and that he, he works through us and with us. That's why Paul in another place will say something like this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 6-9, through 9, For God, who said, Let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts, to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We have these wonderful promises. We have these wonderful things in these jars of clay in our bodies right now you know we are this this clay that is shaped by the potter we are you know at the potter's wheel and god is is shaping us god has always had a plan let's make sure that you know we we're reminded of that whenever maybe we we play with our our kids or, or grandkids with you know the different things that uh, the, the different toys and the different uh 
clays that they might have. And let's maybe kind of share this with them too and let them realize that, you know, just as the one who's shaping these things has so much control over the clay, well, that's what God has over our life. He has a plan and he wants to shape us as a nation. He wants to shape you as an individual, all of us. We are called to listen to this plan of God because God has already given us his communication. He's spoken to us through his word. And sometimes we might need to go to whatever location that he tells us to go to. And all the while we need to understand that God reigns over all of the nations and each individual within that nation. So my question to you at this time is, have you freely given your life to the potter, our heavenly father, to be able to mold you as he sees fit? Not how you see fit, fit but how he sees fit. Have you submitted to his will? Have you submitted to his plan? That's what the potter has always wanted from each and every single one of us. Let's make sure that we, we are like that clay that will allow our Heavenly Father to mold us in any way that he sees fit. Ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord, I want to be ready for the judgment day. When the bridegroom comes, will I be there to meet him in the air? And will my lamp be burning bright? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Master comes today, will I be in or cast away? And will he find me faithful there? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day. If the Lord should choose delay, will I be true until that day? And will my oil be plenty then? Will my Lord find me prepared? Yes, I'll be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready, Lord, ready, Lord. I want to be ready for the judgment day.